Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. And today we have a special episode where I welcome not one but two guests with two different conversations on the same topic. I will be talking with Robert Bjarnson from Iceland with the initiative Citizens Foundation and Imants Braidarks from Latvia with the initiative Manblas in Latvian, which is my voice in English. I got acquainted with the work done by this gentleman when attending the workshop The Role of Digital Citizen in a 21st Century Democracy that was organized by our friends at the Friedrich Naumann Foundation for Freedom and specifically at the office in Bulgaria and North Macedonia. And in here I need to shout out my colleague Ivalio Tsonev that helped me reach out both to Robert and Imant to have them on the podcast. We're going to be talking about online communities for civic engagement. Also following the panel we had on the ELF Idea Accelerator event of this year, where we have a panel called Next Level Participation Tools for Citizen-Driven E-Democracy. These are great initiatives that we're going to be listening today and both our guests do a fantastic work both locally but also transnationally, as you will hear during the conversation. We also discuss how you can start creating a similar digital tool for your community. And after our conversation, I'll be back to tell you about some of the events organized by ELF for this month of May. I'm here with Robert Bjarnson. Robert, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. But we're going to talk about what is the Citizens Foundation, a project that you're leading. So let's start with that. Tell us what is Citizens Foundation. So the Citizens Foundation is a nonprofit uh, that was founded sort of as a direct response to the financial crisis in 2008, where in Iceland uh, we had all the banks go bankrupt over a period of 10 days. And uh, people's trust in government uh, really declined uh, from sort of, I think, 60-70% down to 7% over a per, you know, period of a few weeks. And this actually uh, trust issue happened all over the world, really, as a part of the financial crisis. But our, our mission is to uh, uh, use the internet uh, uh, to help uh, connect citizens uh, more with uh, decision-making uh, and with politics and uh, And, uh, and we have an approach that sort of is trying to use technology in a constructive way when it comes to politics. But we're going to go a little more into detail with you, Robert. And one of the things that I want to ask you, because looking at the website and also talking to you, I see that this project already had a lot of effects, not only on Icelandic society, but also exporting the idea to other Uh, places, other uh, countries. So tell us what have been some of the consequences of this project. Yeah, so uh, we did a lot of experiments in 2008 and 2009, but in 2010, in 2010 we launched uh, Better Reykjavik, which uh, in collaboration with the city of Reykjavik is a platform that gives uh, regular citizens in the city a voice um, in sort of many different types of city projects, including uh, participatory budgeting, where uh, every year citizens, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, come up with ideas and then they have a final vote on how part of the city uh, construction budget is spent. Uh, they have a voice uh, in the city councils through an online platform. Um, policies like education policy is crowdsourced through the platforms, giving citizens a really, uh, um, you know, a simple approach to uh, have influence. 
but then you expanded to other services, let's call that way. And I'm really interested in the one that you created called Your Priorities. And also the one is called Shadow Parliament. So when you're doing these services inside the platform, apart from what you just mentioned, then how do you make this all work? So for people that are listening to us and getting interested, how do you make all this thing just flow naturally? By using sort of the latest technology uh, in terms of, uh, for example, now uh, m most of the visitors uh, to our websites are using mobile phones. And it, it's a mm -hmm. simple interface uh, that, uh, you know, tries to have sort of the lowest barriers in terms of complexity and so on. Uh, but it basically works like that. Uh, for example, with the participatory budgeting project in, in Reykjavik and then, you know, citizens have a month uh, in the spring to come up with ideas. So they go on their phone. Uh, they go to the platform and they see uh, and they know about the platform through like a marketing campaign. Like they see uh, a post on Facebook or, uh, you know, they are on an email list that tells them about the project and they click on it. And then uh, they're on a, on a very simple website and they can propose their own idea. They click a button and they can record their, their idea using video or audio or they can type it in. And, uh, and then uh, they can take part in a debate about uh, other people's ideas. You also make it really dynamic and also fun which i think it's a key factor in this kind of platform apart from of course being a very important tool for political debate and for changing in society but also you make it very interactive there is one game in particular that i want you to tell our listeners which is the constitutional game yeah absolutely so you know, anything from uh, participatory budgeting, uh, where where you know people uh, have sort of a, you know a, like a budget game they uh, can use to uh, cast their vote. Uh, then also uh, last year we uh, we worked with the national government in Iceland of of uh, giving people uh, a say and changes that are being made to the Icelandic constitution. But a lot of people they you know, they sort of think about the constitution as a very complex legal document. So uh, so we uh, actually created a game called Make Your Own Constitution to sort of show people that actually constitutions are about basic ideas in society that most people are, you know, well uh, capable of understanding. So the game was used as a part of a sort of a tool, a educational tool to, uh, to sort of draw people into the deliberation about the constitution, a real constitution changes that we're making in these ideas, how did they come about? Uh, do you test the market before people talk to you and say, maybe you can explore that? Just comes from a, you know, a little core of people that work with you. How does this thing mechanically works? Well, uh, we work very closely with governments in a sort of an innovation partnership. And we also work with the uh, University of Iceland, which was our partner in the in the game and the uh, constitution project. So, uh, so it's a uh, you know quite a dynamic sort of a you know a dynamic situation where you know ideas are you know quite often sort of they are they come out of the collaboration between those different stakeholders. There's the ideas. There's the initiative. Let's talk about the software. You mention often that the software is actually open access. So tell us uh, uh, also a little more about that. How can people that are listening to us, like myself, that I'm actually thinking about bringing this to Portugal, um, how can people then use this tool in a way that comes to the results you're finding in, in Iceland? Well, uh, they can uh, download the software. It's available on a website called GitHub. 
uh, which has a lot of open source, open access software, and mm -hmm. they install it themselves. We also run a cloud service on yrpri.org, which anybody can create their own community and use the software, and, and it's free for uh, sort of non-profit, and if, even if cities don't have a budget, it's free to use. But we do also have like a service level agreements with, uh, with you know, local and national governments. But, uh, so, uh, and we are a non-profit, we really are, um, you know, want to make those tools available to as many people as possible. We've already done projects in over 20 countries. Uh, for example, we do uh, a project with uh, a Scottish Parliament that, you know, just got renewed now, uh, you know, recently for another year. Uh, we're working with World Bank. We worked with the state of New Jersey. And uh, actually, the platform has been used in over 20 countries and, and it's translated, localized in over 23 languages. And uh, so uh, it's very easy, basically, the answer is a long answer, but it's very easy. There's a lot of options. If you want to run the software yourself, you can use the open source software directly, but otherwise you can use our cloud service. Very good. I'm going to put the links on the show notes, how to go to GetUp and then this cloud service. But you mentioned something really important, and that is your group is a nonprofit. That is uh, by design. Do you want to maintain your independence? Um, do you waiting for some good partnerships to come, like with academia, to have some funds or like, for example, apply to funds in the European Union? What is the status in your mind of that kind of position on your on your foundation? Well, uh, yeah, we actually, uh, uh, you know, do uh, get funding from, for example, the Horizon 2020 program, which is sort of EU uh, uh, kind, you know, you know, funding mechanism, uh, and. Uh, but basically, basically, I mean, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I, I actually started the first internet company in Iceland, and uh, and I worked in the internet game industry, creating mobile games for ten years. And uh, I I have nothing against uh, running a business and making money. But when it comes to this specific <laughs> area of, of our lives, which is democracy, and 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 the fact that we were born out of a trust crisis, which is still a trust crisis ongoing, then, you know, the nonprofit form, we think is, is, a, is a good approach because, you know, it puts us in a situation where, you know, we are under no uh, legal or otherwise obligations to, uh, to do the bidding of shareholders, which is the normal thing in a normal company, which is fine in a normal company. But with democracy, you know, it is sort of special, you know, because it, you know, uh, you need to get a lot of different stakeholders together. Uh, and also for us, I mean, we work with all the political parties in Iceland. You know, we are absolutely nonpartisan. That's a really a key element as well, is that if you're going to do um, new methods of upgrading democracy, they need to be sort of outside, you know, sort of the political left or right or, you know, those sort of structures. You know, it needs to be a you know, neutral thing that works for everybody, no matter what their politics is. When we have your platform working and people will go there and some people will try to have a positive contribution, either if they're liberals, if they're conservatives, if they're coming from the left wing, but other people will probably will go there just to try to create chaos and discussion and disruption. How does your platform solve that problem that we see in so many uh, digital platforms? Yeah, very good question. You know, and actually, when we launched our first sort of pilot project in 2009, in the first iteration of your priorities platform, then on the first night uh, we launched it, it was basically uh, it was getting law proposals from the Icelandic Parliament and giving people access to comment on them and and sort of vote them up or down. In the first evening we launched the platform, we had this horrible argument on the platform about fisheries policy. You know, I mean, like it's not like you would think that people would really go into personal attacks about fisheries policy, but hey, you know. 
better. And 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 we had to start like a regular commenting system, you know, like you see on Facebook and you know newspaper sites and so on, where people say something and other people can comment on it. Uh, so we started to uh, sort of uh, look at different types of designs, and we looked at, for example, you know, university debates or sort of debates where you have two sides of an argument that are in a you know certain format to make sure that they're not screaming at each other. I'm sure they sometimes do, but but uh, um, and. Uh, so, so we've been evolving a system which, uh, is, is, you know, it's quite simple. It's, it's all about ideas and then about collecting pros and cons for each idea. So this gives a space for both sides of every argument. And we make sure to, uh, uh, that the minority view has the same uh, sort of prevalence in the user interface as the, as the majority view. And, and also a key feature is that if, if I go there and I make a comment, uh, either pro or con, and uh, you come there and uh, you can vote my comment up or down, but you can't comment on my comment. So say, you know, hey, Robert, you know, I know who you are, blah, 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 or something, you know. So, so it actually takes away the mechanics of trolling, like the biggest mechanics of trolling, which is to actually comment something on, you know, on what somebody says, uh, you know, to try to sort of rile them up and create an argument. It's just not possible. And same for sort of back and forth personal arguments is, uh, you know, it's an, uh, it, you know, and it really works. And it's not only in the Icelandic context, but in in in, in all the other countries we've, we've tried this is that, you know, and, and when people come to the page, uh, it's an idea. And we ask people to evaluate it. We ask people to so what do you think about this idea? What's good about it? What's not so good about it? And, and this also seems to pe put people in a bit of a, a different mode, if you like. They're thinking about evaluating the idea. We're not asking people, so, hey, we have this idea. Put the first thing that pops into your mind down here. We're actually asking people to do some work. And, you know, it, you know, it seems to work. But then, as sort of a backup, we do have uh, every, every piece of content that is sent to our platform in any language actually go through, goes through automatic toxicity checking. So there's AI and API we use uh, that basically uh, then uh, alerts admins, uh, administrators of you know, communities and your priorities if uh, there's a likelihood of something being toxic, and then the administration can quickly remove this. And this is toxic in very wide sense, for example, personal attacks, uh, you know, all those sort of things. And I mean, uh, you know, I mean, and on our platforms in general, we have very little of this, and we attribute the, you know, the design of the debating system. So there's already very little toxicity. But there's also, if there is somebody with some toxicity, there's no, no tolerance for it. You know, it's just deleted immediately. Because the thing is that if you're working with uh, in local and national governments, and uh, you have this consultation, and then you know the government gets the feedback of the consultation. If it's just you know filtered personal nasty arguments, I mean it's, it's, it has no use for anybody. So it's really about creating a debate that's constructive and actually can give governments, a, you know, something because governments also need to trust citizens in terms of that when there is a consultation, it needs to be a, a two-way trust. So having the content in a high quality uh, and in a con as a sort of a constructive. Uh, sort of approach is really important. Now, as we're getting to the end of our conversation, I need to ask you, what is the future of your organization or other organizations like yours being on the field, being on the front lines, connecting politicians to citizens, having the flow of information to help better the system? 
from your experience, this this thing is growing. Um, do you think there there's a ceiling and you're almost there? Uh, are people not reacting as well as they should, in your opinion? Maybe more, you know, information about it. Tell us what are your main concerns as we move forward. Well, you know, first on you know, the last point is that you know the ten years we've been running the Better Reykjavik website in Iceland, we have now have twenty-seven thousand registered users, and there's a hundred thousand people on the voting registry, and uh, it's been growing every year. You know, there's a lot of demand. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot more demand from citizens to participate than uh, you know government can actually offer at the moment. And I and I really think we're just at the start of a. Uh, you know, a, a period now in the next few years where we see sort of the digital transformation of democracy, if you like, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, the future for our organization is that we want to and are going to continue to help governments connect the citizens and create those sort of relationships. And we recently, uh, you know, set up a a nonprofit in the U.S. Citizens Foundation America, which is run by local uh, um, Americans. Uh, we're also in the process of setting up Citizens Foundation in the U.K. It's also going to be run by local people there on the ground, thinking about something in, you know similar in the Netherlands. So, uh, so we're both uh, expanding our capacity in terms of uh, being able to, uh, you know, offer more governments, uh, you know, the possibility of using our tools. But, but there are many other, you know, nonprofit, you know, projects. You know, for example, uh, uh, you know, we have Consul, uh, you know, from Madrid, uh, Desitim, Barcelona, and there's a bunch of projects out of, uh, you know, South America. Um, that are all like have the same goal of helping governments to connect to citizens in a sort of a, a constructive, uh, organized way, not in the chaotic way of social media that we, we've been in the past few years. Well, you're doing an awesome work and it serves as inspiration for our listeners to get get into the game, get active, start your own platform to help your community get better with the work of all the stakeholders. And Robert, this was a fascinating conversation. I'm going to ask you to come back to the podcast uh, anytime soon so that we can continue this conversation and you can go into a little more detail. But for now, I'm going to ask you, how can people follow um, not only you, but the work you do online? Visit our website, uh, citizens.is, set up a test project on yrpri.org and uh, you know, send us an email, citizens at citizens.is, and, or, or, or me personally, Robert at citizens.is, and, you know, we keep in touch. We're happy to help, and we really want to sort of help uh, governments and nonprofits to realize uh, some, some really needed changes to democracy. Again, all this information will be in the description of the podcast. I will have Robert back soon. But for now, Robert, again, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. I'm here with Imant Breidax. Imant, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, it's very good to have you here. And I came across the work done by your group in a workshop called eDemocracy. It's organized by our friends from the Friedrich Naumann Foundation in Bulgaria and North Macedonia. So I thought about having you on the podcast to go into a little more detail about the project you lead in Latvia. But before that, tell us a little bit about the organization. You're not a liberal organization per se. I'm very happy to be talking to you, but I want that to be very clear to our listeners 
but you're doing a fantastic work on uh, the field with uh, e-democracy. So tell us a little bit more about that. So yeah, we can we can divide that question into a couple of components. And first, we are a civic uh, organization, a non-governmental organization. We are already this year uh, nine years old, and basically we are a, a digital democracy uh, organization dealing with building, uh, implementing, maintaining uh, digital democracy uh, systems, tools, solutions, uh, and and basically participatory infrastructure projects. So um, that means we are, uh, everything we do is around the technical stuff, about uh, around the IT so solutions. We focus on the digital space uh, and, and our flagship project uh, in these years has been uh, a citizen legislation initiative platform on the bus, which translates to my voice. And so we are best known for this project. So basically, it's a project where people propose ideas for new laws in Latvia. Uh, they uh, go through a quality control system. Then they gather 0.5% uh, of the population as signatures, meaning 10,000 signatures. And then it goes to the parliament. We have had, uh, as far as we see, as far as we know, uh, under this mechanism, the, the highest results uh, globally meaning that uh, we've changed uh, 36 laws out of uh, 60 that have been voted upon, that have received some kind of final vote, uh, meaning that there's 60% success rate for this kind of mechanism. And, th and that's just one of the tools that we are using. We are independent. We primarily, our lifeline is micro donations. And that leads me to the, to the um, second component of the question about the political identity of our organization, uh, since we are financially independent, we are strategically independent, we are legally independent, then that uh, helps us to maintain also our political independence, meaning that uh, we love all political parties equally passionately and equally distantly. Basically, if the electorate, if the citizens have given you uh, the mandate to represent them, then, well, be partners with you. Uh, potential partners, doesn't mean definite partners. Some parties don't don't want to work that much with citizen engagement, and that's fine. We are not liberal, we are not conservative. However, we are not friends with parties which are working against democratic principles, which are working against uh, the, the core uh, principles of what is a modern democracy that uh, follows human rights and and obeys its own international obligations and and basically anti-democratic radicals we can't work with them now let's drill down a little more in a couple of things you said you did said that you have a quality control system i'm very interested in that so other people that are listening to us and think that that maybe at the, in their own home countries they can do something similar to my voice how is this quality control system works? One aspect is that we do ask for long-term changes for, for, uh, for example, uh, let's fire a uh, president or let's dismiss uh, the parliament and let's have new elections. We always respond what kind of systematic changes must happen so that the next person working in that office shouldn't be dismissed for exactly the same reasons. So, so if petitions are kind of open about everything, then we ask for, well, what kind of systematic changes must happen? Uh, 
uh, that's that's uh, one um, way how we narrow down what what we uh, what we uh, publish. So basically, um, we don't publish everything that citizens write and send to us. Uh, we publish around thirty percent of what we receive. And and I always I always describe that well. Uh, democracy shouldn't be synonym with anarchy, and and uh, plenty of countries have well uh, some countries very clearly have learned that if you do not limit the radicals, and if you give equal footing to every opinion, then you'll not get democracy. For a very long time, uh, you, you'll not keep it safe for for a very lengthy time. You'll you'll probably lose it. Uh, basically, um, we are in favor of of democratic reforms, democratic opinions, democratic proposals, as long as they are within the framework of democracy, of uh, of legal realism. Uh, even though the law can be changed, of course, but the law also changes within within the within the core principles. So for for example, constitution, uh, and and for example, we we will not publish initiatives, citizen initiatives on our on our platform manabels.lv, for example, for let's select uh, an emperor for life in Latvia. Well, what's bad in that? Why couldn't we do that? And our response is well, no, no, it just it it it's contrary to the core principles of Latvian constitution. So. Thank you, but no, thank you. One of our, one of the quality control rules we have, and they are all public knowledge. They're they're publicly seen, and and we also obey to our quality control uh, rules ourselves. And we will publish content that we dislike if it is in line with the rules. And so, for example, um, there has been also a proposal. Well, uh, Latvian army. We have two million inhabitants, 1.9 actually now. So Latvian army with this kind of size of the country should develop nuclear weapons. And and our response is that, well, please look at our quality control rules that the proposal has to be realistic. It has to be uh, possible to implement it. So since we can't assess, we are not economic think tank, uh, think tank on economic policy, then could you, as the author, convince us that uh, from budgetary and fiscal opinion, it's definitely feasible? The author couldn't prove the feasibility of this proposal. It's not that we are against nuclear weapons. It's about realism. And the most important quality control rules are nothing against the core principles of Latvian constitution, uh, the proposal has to be realistic. Again, in a mechanical sense, what happens if people try to gum up the work? Do you deal with that problem or that does not happen? Not really, not that bad. But uh, what, what does happen time to time, uh, again, additional uh, preambula, preambula fact is that we do not permit political parties and private companies to post their ideas on our platform for free. We, we uh, are working for free for citizens, for uh, NGOs, for, well, yeah, random citizens. Uh, but for political parties and for companies, uh, we, um, we have a price uh, tag 
starting from 1,000 euros for smallest uh, companies and political parties and 4.9 thousand for larger, largest ones. So basically, it means that we are monitoring who are the authors. And if we see, oh, this is somebody linked with a political party. Oh, this is representative from a company. So basically, um, time to time, somebody will try to uh, avoid these limitations and say, no, 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 I, I do work in a company, but this clearly is not linked with it, even though in the content we see, yeah, this is definitely 100% linked. Uh, and and you're promoting the interests of your own working place workplace and so um, and also political parties are trying to trick us that oh no no this is this is random citizen uh, uh, proposal and it's just a coincidence that they they would favor our party. So with that, tell us some kind of difficulties that you have been facing. The people that suffer from your work, which is the legislators, the politicians, how are they reacting to, to this uh, civil initiative? Nine years ago, we lobbied the parliament to make it into a, a procedures, their rules and their law, uh, the, the, the law governing the, the, the functioning of the parliament, that 10,000 uh, strong authorization signatures uh, must uh, be be uh, under under a proposal must be reviewed by the parliament and then leading to a discussion, leading to our procedures and leading to to potentially new laws. So we lobbied it, and uh, since then, half of the victories have come from citizen initiatives, not having ten thousand signatures, but less, sometimes much less. So basically, what we see is uh, political parties know very well what's going on on our website and they proactively take ideas which have just thousand signatures two thousand signatures five thousand signatures and they start moving those ideas through the parliament and implementing them into real laws so they are not mandated to do anything yet and they already do it the reason why there is this kind of abnormal trust is that well we have worked on building that trust uh because um even if the citizen idea will be exotic or hard to implement, it most likely will be viable, feasible, and realistic, even if it's exotic. So, so we will not publish uh, absurd nonsense. And so the image of the citizen um, ideas, citizen proposals, have grown into, oh, this is this is pretty constructive. It might be exotic sometimes. And of course, it, it can be expensive, like something about medicine, getting additional funding for cancer um, patients, etc., mm. etc. These are really expensive stuff, but we have gotten victories in them. So basically, uh, we see that uh, Parliament proactively takes multiple initiatives every year, implements them into laws. And of course, when we call to the uh, committee heads, when we check up with authors of these initiatives, then yes, we, we do check up, did this citizen initiative have an impact on uh, the parliamentary decision? Okay, getting to the end of the conversation, and I'm, I'm going to add all these links uh, on the show notes that will lead our listeners to not only uh, the platform, but some of the work you've been doing. But what do you see in the future of this kind of tools, digital tools for more civic, more democratic participations from uh, the society? So, uh, well, first of all, 
uh, this isn't the only tool that we are working with. Uh, this is our flagship, the biggest project, uh, supported by se uh, nearly 17% of the population, which are voters, uh, 313,000 users, unique, and, and all with strong authorization. So this is not uh, trolls, there are zero bots, there are no scripts, these are only real people. Uh, that also differentiates us from other uh, platforms in Germany, in United Kingdom, that we can really prove that each and every individual is a real person. So um, based on those numbers and based on the fact that this is not the only tool that we are building, we are, we are implementing and maintaining and developing, uh, there are several others, uh, some of which are already are operational and some, some of which are, are upcoming. Uh, what I can say is that um, my voice system shows the, ro uh, the rise, at least here in Latvia, we are not yet all across the Europe, but uh, we do aspire to be. Uh, so what we see is the rise of micro parties. We see that for five minutes, you can get 10,000 motivated friends who will help you to bombard the parliament with questions, with, with uh, lobby letters, with phone calls. But after five minutes, they are gone. You, you, get, you got the, the help of the crowd for your specific question, for your specific issue. But this is not a party. This is not a, a membership uh, organization. So we see um, this, this phenomenon of micro parties. Uh, we see that it is possible to use um, this constructive crowd to offer to, to politicians uh, this, this uh, direct democracy components within the system of representative democracy. We are seeing it on, on basically daily level. That's, that's absolute a uh, vital part of our jobs because uh, politicians few times have directly asked me, are you trying to re replace us? And I've said, no, come on, guys. The last 6,000 years of civilization have, have shown very well that you do need such a profession as a politician. However, we are convinced that today, in the age of big data, the constructive crowd and there must be methodology how to get the crowd to be constructive. Uh, your work can be helped by components of dem direct democracy. Okay, here's data that you should, you should listen to this. You should listen to this crowd. You should listen to this pool of people. And if you ignore it once, fine, fine. It's still fine. It's not the end of civilization. If you ignore it tw uh, twice or three times, it's still fine. Democracy still stands. However, on the fourth, fifth time, it turns out that you ignored too many people and it's election time and you lost them because mm -hmm. you ignored the constructive crowd too many times. So that's uh, one of the one of the um, lessons I see that that we have gotten. Basically, 10, 000, the number 10,000 signatures out of population of, of a bit less than 2 million means that you can ignore it, but it's toxic to ignore it too many times. And for, for other countries, uh, we see that, well, the feel, our feeling is that 99% of similar initiatives, similar tools, tools, similar platforms do not work. Because, for example, whatever digital amazing IT system you built, it doesn't matter. 
what matters is flow of users. What matters is number of articles in media about the content that you have created or you, you have um, encouraged to be created. Uh, because that's what we are trying to do, encourage the people to propose ideas how to make their country a better place. And for example, uh, every 24 hours, we have more, on average, statistically speaking, uh, we have more articles in press than some of the smaller political parties uh, operating in Latvia, in, in, even in parliament. And so uh, we are definitely in the news and the news creates the larger flow of users. However, the users also must see that there is some kind of point to all our um, citizen legislation proposals, meaning that they must be resultative, at least to some degree. Uh, meaning that we must help the authors to publish a realistic, good, constructive, meaningful uh, proposals rather than emotional, hysteric and, and, uh, and not constructive ideas. And we are doing it, it all for free. So the authors get everything for free. And, and we have gotten to the stage where we have also gotten trainings by the even actual or former politicians giving uh, mentoring to authors, okay, to push this idea through the parliament, you must do this, this, this. With those guys, you work like this. With those guys, you work like this. So everything is happening for free. So for citizens, we are semi, semi PR agency with limited functions. We are not a PR agency, but from the perspective of citizen, to get PR training, to get access to politicians, to get access to the media, oh yes, we are. We are definitely helping. <laughs> that. I, I've, I've also talked, and we have talked with 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 some, yeah, like like Avaz and other platforms, and they're asking us, well, why are you not cause based? Like like the platform itself is pro environment, pro, uh, not, uh, yeah, let's say pro environment or pro progressive ideas, let's say, and we are saying, no, 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 we must be friendly and useful for all political sides who want to work in the democratic framework. Uh, to know more about uh, the project and, and how to get more information, for example, in those people that are listening and thinking that this could be something that they do in their own communities. We do have umbrella website, uh, myvoice.group, and it's in English. So you can, you can get basic information there but yes to to get detailed information you would get you would have to go to the the, the tools themselves the the websites themselves uh like like parvaypred.lv or or uh, my voice uh, so basically go to myvoice.group and read the the um it's it, it it's a website that unites everything about us but basically, uh, we operate in Latvia, and now we are also starting to operate in implementation steps in Ukraine. We are also working in, in North Macedonia. However, we definitely are looking for new partners and new friends across the Europe because, uh, well, we see that such solutions, uh, bottom-up based uh, horizontal lobby systems and, and constructive cloud, uh, crowd solutions, they are rare. Now, for already two years, we even have our own TV show, and we would definitely be glad to implement all these solutions also in other countries, in, in, in all democracies. So uh, everybody's invited to come read about us more. And uh, yeah, we're always open for, for new suggestions and new ideas for partnerships. Imans, this was a very good conversation. Thank you so much for the work you do. Thank you so much for 
coming and talking to me and we will be checking out on the platform my voice because you guys are doing a fantastic job thank you I'm back just to remind you that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. And if you like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. And now for some of the events organized by Elf for the beginning of the month of May. On the 3rd of May, starting at 11.30 Central Europe time, we have the Zoom webinar EU Nutritional Labeling towards the European Nutri-Score. As part of its Farm to Fork strategy and beating cancer plan, the European Commission is currently discussing the introduction of a common European front-of-pack nutritional labeling scheme. What could be the contribution of this kind of labeling to a healthier diet? How does the Nutri-Score perform in this regard? And there, what should be the next steps for the European Commission? These questions will be discussed during this event. And then on the 6th of May, also a Zoom webinar starting at 2 p.m. Central Europe time, we have On the Agenda, Conference of the Future of Europe. What can we expect? Europeans now have a chance to play a bigger role in setting the future of the EU agenda for policies and hopefully its ambitions as well. This two-year exercise in deliberative democracy should give people from all walks of life the chance to talk about what they expect from the EU in the actual events and through the dedicated multilingual digital platform. As events unfold, ELF is offering an open space to access new developments and keep the discussion going. And on a note related to the podcast, we're aiming to have a mini-series about the importance of this conference and how can we liberals play a role in it. As usual, you can know all about these events by visiting our webpage at liberalforum.eu forward slash events. And this is all for now, but I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe Podcast It's organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament. And the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any use that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.